0: Today I talk with Liv Taylor, Liv shreds to those on social media, an absolute superstar on a bike who at the dizzy age of eight years old rode around Cannock Chase for the first time. Fast forward four years later and she's been signed up for the Madison Saracens race development team who nurture the UK's next generation of world-class mountain bikers. With a phone book full of fellow female riders at the top of their game, Liv is supported by the best in the business and undoubtedly will be stood on those world stage podiums in no time. Hear what this feels like from Liv herself. But just before we do that, don't forget to head on over to the Girls on Wheels website and subscribe to the newsletter, where you can keep in the loop about upcoming guests and episodes and be in with a chance to get involved. And please give the pod a follow on Instagram and Facebook at Girls on Wheels Podcast and check out the pod's number one supporter, Shawnee at Shred Lucky Girl. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hello, welcome to another episode of Girls on Wheels podcast. Today I am joined by Liv, Liv Shreds on Instagram, and her dad James. Hi guys.
1: Yo.
2: <laughs> hey Danielle, how are you are
0: yeah, I'm so glad that we finally got to do this because we've been trying since before Christmas, haven't yeah, we? Yeah, it's
1: been a while. Yeah,
0: yeah, we just couldn't believe that it's been that long since now March, but we're finally here, um, and yeah, I'm really excited to talk to you, Liv. Um when we first got in touch, you hadn't announced that you'd got um, chosen for Madison Saracen, had mm-hmm. you? It was- sort of top secret yeah I think Um, it was like maybe
1: not even a week after I found out
0: so yeah so we were hoping to chat about that but anyway you've you've been on that for two months now so it's going to be amazing to talk to you about how all that feels and how you got there and your love of bikes and also how you're dealing with your injury because you're currently off your bike aren't you yeah
1: elbows
0: Silly elbows, eh? Right, okay. So do you wanna see so your live shreds on Instagram and how old are you live? I'm twelve. You're twelve and you ride mountain bikes like you were born on one. <laughs> it is amazing. You are crazy. Like I I mean I will never ever ever be able to do what you do and I'd be too scared to now because I'm too yeah, old. But you. yeah, you're you're absolutely awesome. Um and I think everyone that like follows you and stuff is just like, oh my God. Mm, how? You. How? Um but yeah do you want to start us off living us Like how did you get into mountain biking?
1: Oh, so Neither of my parents did it, like, particularly, well, not at all, really. No. So just, like, kind of got a bite like everyone else did. Started just riding around, like, the local lake, whatever, just the usual. And I just like getting a bit bored of it. So at the time, we lived quite close to Cannock Chase. So we just started yeah. kind of doing, like, the uphill, downhill loops there, just, like, sort of family loops. And then I, yeah. I had to just do, like, a little bit more and more. So we just started, like, we went to, I think, and the first and just didn't up this day there. And I loved it. So mm-hmm. I just kept going, really.
0: That's So you went from Cannock Chase to Antor, <laughs> like, in a leap? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't think we knew what we were getting into
2: with an Antor, to be fair.
0: No, God. So how did you end? Um... 'Cause I ride at Canett Chase, that's the closest place to me. Um yeah, how what was it about riding there when you were that sort of made you think I really, really like this and I want to push myself and go to Wales?
1: I'm not sure really. I think I was just quite like an in- adrenaline fueled person. Like I just loved just doing loads of sports, just doing like yeah, especially extreme sports. <laughs> I just love the thrill
0: of yeah. it. What else did you do? Then? I did horse
1: riding, and I still do.
0: Oh, do you? Yeah. God. And
1: gymnastics.
0: Yes. <laughs> so you're like throwing yourself around. Yeah. <laughs> How old were you then when you? I
2: said okay. yeah, we were we were on holiday up in in that bit of the world at the time, so we were like oh. They take you to the top of the hill. This is amazing. We're going to have a go at that. We haven't got a clue. We genuinely
0: haven't got a clue. No. <laughs> oh, at we Antor? And then you Had were no like...
2: no clue whatsoever.
0: Oh, my God. So what was that like, like your first uplift? Like, how did that I was, feel? Oh, I was super scared
1: because, like, even the blue that at
0: the time I was
1: like, oh, my God, this is so gnarly. I was like, oh, my God. And like, I don't know. I just... I think the first couple of runs, I was like, oh, my God, what's going on? like, <laughs> I'm going to fall mm. off of the side of the mountain. Then I kind <laughs> of think I just started enjoying it a little bit more and
0: more. And then I was just like, I really like this. Yeah. God. That... And how old were you when you were first going around Canuck and then to Antor? Uh, eight. I think I might have been eight, yeah. Eight. Oh, my God. That's. That's mad, um, James. How did that feel for you as a parent? Then that you you started off at Canet Chase doing like the dog and the monkey, I yeah. guess, to then go to Wales on an uplift, and then realise that Liv was like, "Oh, this is what I want to do."
2: Um, I think you always found just there was nothing on follow the dog or um, or monkey that you couldn't do almost from day one. So the, 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 the most okay. of the black features you know, on the you know, chain slapper or something on the descents, you just found quite naturally you were okay at weren't you? Yeah. Um, and then we we literally found out about, you know, the concept of an uplift day by driving across yeah. ANTA. Um, and, and thought, hey, it, it okay, let's have a go. Um, and then, yeah, it was – ANTA at first was pretty nerve-wracking mm-hmm. um, <laughs> because we didn't have any of the proper kits and, it were Renting a, a full face and stuff like that, um, but I, I've always trusted you. I think you've you've always known your own limits pretty well. Mm,
1: yeah.
2: Uh, and then we we progressed into yeah. the forest and four one seven, uh, and that was uh, both of those places are really the safe kind of environment with lots of people yeah. around and we've always been really lucky to have lots of friends in the bike industry that have that have helped out. But I don't think we we knew you were mm. anything other than just another kid on a bike until four one seven when well, we, we bumped into people that started talking about, you know, sponsorship and racing and all that kind of and downhill we we kinda of didn't really know anything about it.
0: Oh wow. So you've obviously got a natural talent for it then that you didn't (laughs) realize
2: yeah until
1: i think it must have been about not maybe like a year a little bit more a little bit less later i saw that (coughs) dirty bike park open um because at this point i'd found out all about like rachel and i thought i like still doing thought she was absolutely amazing so I was like, oh my gosh, I really want to go there. So after a while we managed to get an induction day and I rode there for the first time and absolutely loved it. So
2: Yeah, we had a bit of trouble. Rach we always been amazing with us and she was desperate to get Liv up to, to Amta. Uh, sorry, Duffy. sorry, as, as quick as you know mm. they could find insurance basically that would cover Liv. Um and you got I think you're still the only skill to have <laughs> Uh, and it was amazing you know she wow. sort of had a personal tour with Rachel and uh and, and <laughs> G and Dan and you know you've been riding revs a bit by that point yeah you?
1: I think I started riding revs and then I think I just met some like other girls who were older and had been doing it for a while and then yeah they obviously were like doing all the blacks and whatever and I'd see them from the top of the trailhead and I'd be like Oh my God, that's what I want to do. That's what, like, I kind of, that was like kind of my ambition as soon as I went. I was like, I really want to do that. I want to do pro lines and, like, yeah. Yeah, that's also,
0: yeah, they were so good for me. So, who were those girls live when you Um, sort of started going there that you looked up to?
1: Becky Skelton, definitely. And,
0: yeah, kind of like,
1: yeah. And just kinda of like all the just all the older girls there were always like so nice and just like always so like helpful and supportive.
0: Yeah. Did that make a difference? And
1: Tani, once I knew Becky.
0: Oh I love I love that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That you're just friends with all these amazing mm-hmm. people. Um which is just so cool. So did you where did you first meet Tani then?
1: Oh, yes. I, pretty sure yeah at rest. so i think i knew becky at that point and i'd seen her on instagram like rachel like, oh my god like she's who i look up to still do um yeah and was like i saw her and i was literally so excited oh yeah
2: tommy has been absolutely amazing with live you know massive yeah. and chaos and and the dad in Tony, they've been brilliant. You know, Liv uh, Tony was voice messaging you about your injury and they're just such a great family.
0: Oh, yeah, that must, be, that must mean a lot as well. Um, and to get that support from people that are really successful on their bike must be so good because then you're surrounded by awesome riders. You could be like oh I want to like I want to be like that I want to I want to win I want to race like that um yeah that's just so you I'm just sorry I'm just trying to picture it in my head then so you got a bike you're about eight years old you used to go around Cannock chase and then you were sort of smashing those trails nothing was challenging you you were just naturally good at it and then you've driven around the North Wales and seen that there was an uplift. So you've had a go, yeah. which I just love. And then after that, you were hooked. And what, did you just start buying, like, the full face and think, right, where else can we go? Like, how did it go from your first uplift to you chilling out with <laughs> Barney Seagrave and Rachel Atherton? Like, so I think, tell us about that. Lift. I
1: think it was quite a lot of people we met at yeah. uh, Anta, who like really were helpful, just like everyone in general, were always just like just telling me like advice and like what I needed to do and about like other places I could go. And then they were just okay. everyone were just so helpful and just like made
0: it happen. Yeah. Do you think that they um were like that because of your age? I'm not sure
1: really. I think it was just quite a shock to them in general that i was like an eight-year-old
0: girl riding a bike like just loving it yeah that's what i mean because it you're an exception aren't you because you of your age you're a girl and then you're really good i imagine they were like whoa hang on this yeah she's not just an average joe like this is yeah there's talent here that's um I think that's awesome. After
1: we went there once, we went to 417 a couple of times. Then, from like, I think I maybe had a coaching session there a couple of times. And then I found out that they did a race series like on the blue. And I was like, okay, oh my God, like I really want to do it. So I just kind of started doing it. And like, it was absolutely mad. So I remember the first race. I was so nervous because like, Mm. Some of the girls in my category were, like, double the age of me. And I was like, oh, my gosh. But, like, they were so nice. So I just, like, kept
0: going. Was that your first introduction to racing then? And how old were you? Were you still eight years old at this point?
1: I think so, yeah. Yeah. And how
0: did you... How did you um, do in those races then at 417? I
1: think in the first couple, I was like, last, But I think at this point, I did not care at all. I just absolutely loved racing. No. And then I think it was maybe when I was like 10, or like just when I was around 10 or so, I started doing like decent at them and occasionally like getting on the podium. And it, I was like, oh my God, like, I love it. So I just kept racing really.
2: Then you, you won, what
0: you, did you love about racing?
2: You were the end
0: of the oh, season, you at 10, I think. Yeah, I think. So. The overall series. <laughs> did you? Wow. <laughs> um, that just reminds me of what we were chatting about in the car before, James and Liv, about the categories. Yeah,
1: of
0: <laughs> racing. Um, yeah, that. They're not, they weren't, it sounds like they weren't really set up to help no. you succeed. Do you want to, I don't know if you want to give a bit more context to that, Liv, or if um, your dad does, but.
1: I think at that
0: point,
1: what, did you... like racing for girls, especially that wasn't like junior or elite, that was World Cup, it wasn't really like, there wasn't really anyone doing it. So I think at that race, they yeah. had like a A and a B, so just girls that were under 16 then people that would only go half from halfway down so like that was just whoever and I was like well, I don't want to start halfway down I'm going to go from the top <laughs> with all the older yeah. girls so I just kind of did that and then I don't know I didn't really care that everyone was so much older I was just like I love it
0: yeah do you think have you ever Thought, or do you know anybody that was a little bit intimidated by the uh, lack of categories and going up against girls that were better I don't, not better older
1: i didn't really know anyone that much then except the girls who were so much older so i don't think I really okay knew anyone who could be if that makes sense
0: yeah that does make sense so for anybody listening that doesn't know, which is also myself included here, um, I know we spoke on the phone before, but James, I don't know if you want to help with this as well, but can you explain then how you go from a, a an eight-year-old that's riding around Canuck to a 12-year-old that has, that? well, you're then racing in World Cups and then you've got signed for like a team, like how does, how has that happen? What have you had to do to get in that like racing circuit to get to where you've got to? Um,
1: so I think I was, I think I start once I did the four and seven races, I found out the Forest of Dean did the mini holes, And like at the time to me, that was such a big step up. And I think from there, I started seeing, like, some really quick riders. And then I found, when I was maybe about 10, I found out about the National Series. And I was, like, really wanted to get involved with it. But obviously, I couldn't, because you have to be 12 in the year you're turning 13. So, that's only this year, so... I kind of just found out about it, went to watch a national champs when I was 10, and then I was like, oh, this is what I want to do. This is, like, get me entered, basically. Um, But I couldn't, so I think it was, like, a little bit disencouraging that I couldn't get entered, but then everyone was behind me saying, oh, yeah you're good enough, you should do it. But then I couldn't. So I, there was nothing I could really do more. But last year, half around the season, they finally let me race up a year. So last year I was still a ripper, but I got permission to race as a juvenile and youth girl at the Nationals. So I only managed to do three okay. rounds by like the time I got permission, but I loved it so much. Did
0: you? Was it like, much more suited to you and your riding. Yeah. And your, like, the competition was there.
1: Yeah. I felt, like, a lot more challenged by the tracks and, like, by the girls I was going up against. But all the girls were, like, yeah. so nice and supportive. Like, on my first round, one of the girls from, I think, Scotland, she was, like, before I was, like, I don't really know, like, how it works with the format and whatever for a nationals – and she was, like, messaging me saying that if I want to do runs with her like, on the Saturday and that, like, she'll help me
0: out. Oh, that's nice. So did you have to do certain races to be able to qualify to race in the Nationals? No. Right? Or can you just enter? So how does that work then? Though? So
1: if you're 12, turning 13 or older, you can just yeah. enter.
2: But that's not how it always used oh, okay. to be. So rewind a few years when Cy Pattern ran the BDS, you had to get qualifying points from regional events, be allowed to race nationals. Right. But that's no longer the case. Literally anybody can enter. Yeah, um,
1: if you have a bike, play yeah. some knee pads.
2: <laughs> and that was the bit that was really okay. heartbreaking for you when you went to watch National Champs and Rita Felden was, you, you know, you were watching girls race Rita Felden National Champs. That you'd beaten at regional events at the, at the forest or various other places, who were 15, 16, 18, 19, and you won Lad's race because you were yeah. 10, 11 at the time. And we lobbied yeah. cycling for the best part of a year to get it changed.
0: And then did they finally change it? Is that why they then let you ride up here? So yeah, you have
1: to like apply for distanciation. So Harry Schofield, Harry the Beast, got it as well, and he raced some nationals too. So we both got it.
2: And the only thing is, Harry and Liv both raced nationals last year. Both of them, every race they did, they podiumed. Yeah, and they're both they were both twelve racing under sixteens.
0: Wow, that's yeah, and. As a as a dad, James, was it I mean, Liv, for you as a rider I imagine, it was you were just like, I want I could win this. Like, why can't why won't they let me? But did you feel that like, really frustrated for Liv as well that she just couldn't fulfil that like talent and that potential?
2: Yeah, it just it just felt like a broken system, right? You know, the most costs and mm. BMX have been loads better for years. You know, if you're good enough, you're old enough almost whereas BC, were just a little bit behind maybe, especially when you look at other governing bodies like France or New Zealand or all the countries that are doing really well in World Cups, they get their kids racing on proper tracks as early as they can. Um, And that just isn't the case. It's still quite difficult to get that dispensation. In this country, you do have to jump through quite a few hoops, filling in forms and getting references and what have you. So we got there in the end,
1: and we had great help we from were like people in BC really as well. We were lucky that we knew who we knew, like that I knew Rachel and Tarnie, so I could get people to like say that I was good enough yeah. and that I wasn't just saying it.
0: Yeah, almost like give you proof and like a reference yeah. that they've seen you ride. And that,
2: yeah, we literally had to, we literally got references of Millie and Tarnie. Millie Johnson and Tanya Seagrave put it in writing that you know, Lib needs to be racing nationals
0: That's awesome that they did that as well isn't it Yeah Um, but it just sounds like the way you know you're talking about it more that it just must have been so frustrating for everybody and that it didn't make sense almost because you weren't you know, you were more than capable yet, like the rules said no. Um, How did you overcome that, Liv? Like, how did you get through that tough time? For a
1: while, I was just, like, I don't know. I feel like I was more confused than annoyed. Obviously, I was, like, really annoyed, but I was more confused that they didn't want me to because, like, they'd had so many good British girls, like, at World Cups winning world champs and whatever. So I was, like, I want to be like them. But the country, like GB, I'm trying to do it for, won't even let me do a national round. So it just felt a bit, like, confusing,
0: really. Yeah. I'm so glad, though, that they finally, like, saw sense. Yeah. And let you let you do what you, it sounds like you were born to do because yeah. it's just, yeah, you're, it's just phenomenal. What are your, where do you, What's your like ultimate goal and ambition like, um, on mountain in downhill? To,
1: probably to be world champion. So, like when I'm in yeah. juniors and elite, like that's
0: kind of what I want to do. It's just like win world champs. Oh my god, that's amazing! So, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna jump around here because there's so many like questions coming up for me. Tell me about. Your amazing news that you announced in January, then with Madison Saracen. Like, tell us about that. Like, how how did that all come about? What does it feel like? It was just like so amazing.
1: So, like, I just started doing some nationals last year on the Makafyungun scene. He really like kind of taught me what a national was, and like, yeah, just a bit more about racing and. Then they just asked us, and I was so like, I just didn't even know what to say when you told me. I was just like, What? (laughs) I was like, Are you sure it's not a scam or a joke? That was the first (laughs) thing I said. Are you sure it's
0: not a scam? Really? Well, how did they get in touch with you then?
2: So, you'd done a little bit of coaching with Matt Simmons. Yeah. Who big shout out to Matt, best coach out there, you know, amazing guy. And he dropped me a line um, saying what are asking us what our plans um, were for the following season. And you know, could he have a chat with us about it? And and uh, we had a chat with him. He said, please don't be, you know, don't be offended or anything, but I'd love you to come onto the team I'm I'm setting up with Madison Sarah and the development team um what do you think and uh it kind of went from wow. there because muckoff youngins were brilliant really supportive great people um but it was just too good an opportunity to miss really with a, a pro world cup team
1: yeah i was like i just didn't really know what to say at the time i was just like so over the moon and shocked and like i was just so grateful for like the opportunity
0: yeah, I bet. Um, so, for people that are listening that don't really know, myself included as well, I'm um, basically both blaming the audience, but really, it's me. <laughs> uh, what does what does it mean then to be on the Madison Saracen team? Like, what does that actually look like in real life? How does that work? What is it going to do for you?
1: It means, like, so much to me that they've given me the opportunity and that, like, yeah, just that they've given me the opportunity, really. Um, and it's just, it's, like, support at all the nationals and just, like, yeah.
2: It's it's basically a pathway programme to a career as a professional World Cup downhill racer. Um, I think Will wow. Wanda, who, who runs the teams at Madison Samson, um basically calls it the No Excuses program. Um because they they (laughs) they literally give you everything that you would need to succeed. Like coaches, bikes, kits, um advice. It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah
1: it's so amazing. It's like everything you could everything you think you'd need like and then some yeah and then some more
0: that's awesome. So they, I guess, want you to achieve and reach the top of your game, and yeah. they'll do everything to get you there. Yeah,
1: um, pretty
0: much. So no wonder that's a dream come true. Yeah. Then, if you know you've got high high hopes and goals within the downhill scene, that you've then got this like you're obviously the, the centre of it because without your skill or, you know, talent on a bike, you wouldn't be where you are, would you? But then to have, yeah, everybody come around you and nurture you through yeah. that, that, must be...
1: it's just, like, feels amazing amazing that, like, I kind of got a way to go to, like, get to
0: where I want to be. Yeah. So what does that... What does that look like? What's the path look like to get to become a world champ?
1: Well, for me at the moment, it's just about racing nationals and just and maybe a couple Europeans and just seeing how well I can do and just how it will go. So, and then it will change a bit when I get into youth. Well, it's in the girls, it's one category, but when I'm the age of when I would be in youth. It will, like, change a bit to be more structured. And then then I'll be in junior and we'll just see if I'm good
0: enough. (laughs) And what do they... Do they give you, like, fitness things and they do they train you off the bike as well as on the bike?
1: A little bit, yeah. That's mainly what will come in in you a bit more.
2: Okay. Yeah, so they work with Sports England and... To strength and conditioning and sports psychology or through a sports england setup in sheffield i believe uh, but the, okay. the, the view we've taken kind of is if we need it it's there earlier but given you know given it's age probably from 14 onwards at the moment you know you do loads of sports at school do loads of gymnastics it's maybe yeah. maybe just too soon that kind of stuff
0: yeah yeah Definitely. Also, where would you find the time? Sounds like you're super busy with all these extra hobbies, (laughs) flinging yourself around. (laughs) Um, And are you on that team then for, like, how long are you on that team for?
1: Well, the hope is till I'm second year elite. So. It just depends, okay. though, really
2: how it goes and, like, yeah, just how it goes, really. So, so they've made it really, really clear, which is amazing, that they want to support Liv up until, you know, she's racing elite World Cups when when you're 18,
1: 19.
2: Yeah. Um, and that's the pathway, not just Liv, but the, the other two riders, George and Felix, it's the same. You know, they're, this programme that they've got is literally designed to take 13, 14-year-olds to World Cups. I've done it, obviously, with Matt oh. Walker, Manon
0: Carpenter, and, you know, and others, all the way to the top of winning World Champs. That's, that. yeah, it just must be so exciting. Yeah. You yeah. That you've got this, like, structure around you, and you can, does it allow you to think, oh, I can relax a bit almost, and just have fun <laughs> riding your bike, and
1: not really because like i'm a no. very competitive person and everything i use it made you think crap. i want to win and i'm in it to win it really like yeah personally i don't know i feel like it won't really change how i kind of like ride and everything i just keep going as like fast as i can
0: <laughs> is that the goal then when you get on your yeah. bike to go as fast as you can pretty much <laughs> Oh, I love it! I think my goal is to try and go as slow as I can because I'm scared of everything. But I, I, I just, I just love that, and yeah, I love that you've got this opportunity that is so well deserved. Just, and yeah, it's just like what it feels are you say? so amazing, just like to be given the chance.
1: Yeah,
0: and is it? Are you still going to be doing school alongside all of this? Yeah. James, you just gave her a funny look. What was that about?
2: <laughs> I think if she could give up <laughs> doing school, that would be a win. But uh, no, you've got to do school, right? It's so important. Um, I think yeah. We, what did Rachel so, say to you years ago?
1: Oh, yeah. She was like, race World Cups first, then go to uni. <laughs>
0: <laughs> i love that um i asked that question more in the sense of like not su- not suggesting that you gave up school to do <laughs> biking but more how what how, uh, the timings around it like where do you fit the extra stuff in is it done around your normal life that was the sort of angle of that question
1: it kind of started as that but now it's kind of like every weekend like it'll be like my friends be like oh i've to this and i'll be like no i want to go riding <laughs> it's <laughs> like i don't know it became like my kind of top priority of like if i had a day yeah. where i could do something i would be like let's go riding like just it's yeah yeah
0: <laughs> hey it's me just a cheeky little interruption here to remind you to go over to the website and sign up to the newsletter give me a follow on socials at girls on wheels podcast and if you're enjoying this. Head over to podchaser.com and leave me a raving review as it helps me so much and I really appreciate it. Now, back to the episode. Yeah, I think we can all relate to that when we love our bike. It's really difficult to want to do something else because you just think, oh I think it's oh, but I could be on my bike.
2: I, I think it's really challenging with school because with with nationals being all over the country and you know, two of them are in Scotland this year, and obviously Europeans all over the place we're trying to work really hard to work in, in partnership with the school to get that extra time out to yeah. go forward Fort William a week in advance to train and practice, to go to the Welsh Rounds a couple of days in, in, in advance to take the time out of school and just make the commitment that we have to catch it up.
0: Yeah. And the school on your side? No. <laughs> they could I be remember better. saying before they were... <laughs> Yeah,
2: um, I think it's 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 really interesting. It's not a it's not a, a normal sport, so they don't yeah. really understand it.
0: Yeah, almost like because it's not very mainstream. Probably a bit like oh, well, take it or leave it. It's not that important. Yeah. Whereas it is really important. Um, Might
2: be
0: really yeah, you can you can go back in with your um, world champ. Jersey on and be like "Uh patrol patrol around the school and be like I did it I did
2: it. It's it's really
0: interesting.
2: The private schools are so much better at supporting, aren't they?
1: Yeah, like all my friends who go to private school, they're like before a national, they'll be like, oh, have a week. Have another week, and then my school's like, mm, I don't know. If I asked to leave like at lunch to go to a national I'd be like, mm, I don't know. You're gonna miss science. Can't be doing that.
0: <laughs> oh god, so you don't even get like a few hours. <laughs> that must be frustrating. But I love that you're, you know, despite all these obstacles, you're smashing them down, aren't you? And I don't know. I
1: am just kind
0: of getting what I love so. I I love I want to I want to ask you um how you developed like your lack of fear for things because you you are doing massive (laughs) massive things that a lot of people would dream of doing and I know what it's like well you know when people are younger you have less fear in you but did Has anything ever scared you? Like, how have you overcome yes. <laughs> all of that? Yeah, like, how do you overcome that then, Liz? So,
1: I don't know, really. It depends. Like, I remember at Revs, especially Vision Line, for a year it was probably in my head, and I was like, I can do it, but, I don't know, I was just too scared. And then I think one day mm. I just met like, with some of the riders who, like, I trust the time if I can do it or not, And I was just stood, like, watching them do it, looking on the lip for probably, like, I was probably stood there the day before for half an hour, and I was like, "Mm, Hmm. no. (laughs) And then the next day, I stood there for probably, like, two minutes. One of them turned around to me and went, Liv, you know what it looks like? Go and bloody jump it. And I did.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Did you? They just made you do it?
1: Yeah, I feel like... Once I did the first jump, which I'd been, like, scared of for so long, being like, oh, I don't know if I can do it or not, I was, like, got so much confidence. I was like, I've done it. I've done the hard bit. And I just kind of kept going, like, through it. And, yeah, I always had such a thing in my head about gaps, though. Like, I remember going to ball track, and there'd be, like, a gap that was, like, only, like, maybe... Not even five foot, not even not even big at all, but just because it was a gap, I'd be like, No. And I do like the widow kite yeah. in Mausine, which is like a big table, which is like a little bit dip, but it's not a gap. And I'd be like, well, That's fine, it's a table, like, I'm not gonna but if it was serious, it was like a gap, even no matter how small I would just look at it and be like, No. But yeah, I don't know.
0: How did you? How do you think? Then you got over that fear of gaps.
1: I think I just started trusting myself riding a bit more, and I just thought yeah. Instead of thinking it's a gap, the middle's dug out. I just thought it's just another jump, and I think I started off by doing those jumps that were like had a gap option next to it, so I was like okay, do the okay, same okay. thing, it's all right. And then I think once I did a couple, I just got, like, a lot braver and started just trusting the people around me a bit more to, like, tell me yeah. how to do it and give me toes in and stuff.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like that that's really worked for you, yeah. having other people that you, like you say, trust and know how you ride to... Give you that confidence that perhaps you would, yeah you'd be lacking on that day or at that feature, and then you'd be like, okay, right, I've just got to swallow my fear yeah. and I've just got to do it because everyone's telling me that yeah. oh, I can do it. I know I can do it. Let's just do it. For me, um, I'm
1: like all committed or not committed at all. Like I could go into it and then stop halfway. As soon as I'm at the top, before I drop in, I know if I'm going to do it or not. Like as soon as I yeah. before I drop in, some people decide like last minute that they're like, okay, it feels good. But for me, at the top, I've made my mind up. So like, I remember when there was this there's this road gap at Bull Trap, which was in my head for ages because the drop down in it was quite big. Because like you could get a car through the middle, like that's how you drove oh, in so, like, under the gap. And I was like, wow. God, that's a big drop. And I remember the day I did it, I, as I was walking up to the top, it was like the worst weather conditions to do it in. But as I was walking mm. up to the top, I was with one of my friends and they told and they told me just to tell myself I could do it while I was going. And that's okay. So as I was walking up, I was like, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. <laughs> the whole way down, I was like, I can do it. I can do it. And then I just was like, okay, I can then, and did it. <laughs> it wasn't a triple <laughs> sight, but I did it.
0: But you did it. That sounds amazing. So you just told yourself repeatedly, I can do it, I can do yeah. it. Yeah. And then, yeah, that's. Was... Did you say it out loud, or was it just in your um, head?
1: I'm not sure. I think I was so focused that I was probably screaming it. <laughs>
0: yeah you You were in the zone it
1: it was like on the morning of a race day um at bull track I just was like with my friend and they were like follow me come on do it cool and you've been looking at it for so long and then their mum was filming and then we were just like I was just like I can do it okay and just did it and then like I think (laughs) Literally, as I was walking up to my race room I was like, oh, by well, the way, I did the gap earlier. And
0: then the first thing you saw me <laughs> do it was in my race run. I love it. Just really casual. God, if I achieved something like that I would, wouldn't stop ever talking about it because it would probably be the highlight of my career. <laughs> if I survived it, I probably wouldn't. Um, that's awesome. Uh, so People won't be able to see, or they'll be able to see on the little clip, but and they probably know because they'll follow you. But you've got a sling, haven't you, Alec? Yeah, Ooh, you've got dodgy elbow and a sling. What What's, what's happened there then? So, what,
1: what... I don't have a great story of how I did it because honestly, I don't really know. Most people have told me to make up so cool, but I still can't think of something to say. That's <laughs> cool, so, um, I think that I caused. A little fracture in my elbow in the, like, long, bony upper arm. I don't know the name Yeah, it. <laughs> Humorous, that one. Um, yeah. And just from, like, wear and tear, and I had, like, a bone cyst. So I don't think that helped. It just caused, like, a little fracture. And then when I was riding on the practice day before a FOD race, I had, like, a little crash and, like, hit my elbow on a tree. And mm. I and that night it was, like, really stiff. And after I raced, it's like, God, my elbow really hurts now. So I think on the Saturday I, might, I just knocked the end off again of the fracture, like,
0: oh. on the
1: head of the elbow. Um, Ouch. Yeah, but I don't really know. It just swelled up a lot. Yeah, I'm quite pain intolerant, I'd say. Like, the only time I've been tossed was when I broke my arm and, like, packed half crutches, basically. Um, and my mum was like, okay, you're actually going to have to go to hospital now. And, like, I was like, i mm. oh, will well, be fine. And she's like, no, you actually need to go. So I went got an x-ray and they were like you've got a bit of bone up here in your arm from here from like down in your <laughs> oh elbow God. and I was like oh
0: <laughs> yeah it... so did you did you do that and then you did your race run the race was with the next day. your elbow yeah I did both and you and next you race it? Oh God, <laughs> yeah I won <laughs> you won as well with a broken chunk of your elbow missing oh that's amazing (laughs) wow god what were you gonna say sorry I didn't really know that I'd done it so I was just like
1: oh I just need to suck it up and get on with it
0: (laughs) yeah true true mountain biking style right yeah just get on with it um how are you coping then like what's the recovery how long are you going to be off your bike well
1: it's kind of like varied on how my next ct scan goes so it's been Uh, nearly it'll be a month on friday so yeah since i did it
0: um okay
1: since surgery sorry a month since i had surgery and then it will be two weeks to my next scan after that so six weeks after I had surgery, I'm gonna have a scan, and then they'll be able to tell if it's healing. So pretty much there, yeah, way or kind of healing or not, and then just kind of
0: depends from there, really. Go from there, yeah. And um, what's it been like not being able to ride your bike then? Oh, for it's the last been so frustrating. <laughs> Literally, I've been
1: so bored and just, like, wanting to ride so bad.
0: Yeah. Is there anything that you're doing that's keeping you sort Um, of going and keeping you happy?
1: Yeah, I think just, like, just, like, messing around with the bike, changing parts and just, like, just doing bits on it and then, like, just getting my nails (laughs) done. (laughs) got <laughs> a new main hobby. Be. <laughs>
2: Let's
1: friends and other Yeah, races, so. I'm going to see my like, friends
0: ride and whatever, like take some videos, whatever. So, yeah, so still staying yeah. within the community and the bike world, but just not obviously riding. Yeah. Um, and if you could give any advice to anybody that's got like a big injury that's going to be like ages like weeks and weeks and weeks months off the bike what would you say to them to um, keep them going just
1: like focus on their little goals so like when you're next going to physio when you've next got a scan and like focus on doing your physio and like focus on the positives instead of thinking about yeah oh, i can't ride all the time think of like the stuff you can do that you maybe
0: didn't have time to do before. Yeah, that's good advice. Um like getting your nails done yeah. or whatnot. Um because yeah, usually nails are filthy, aren't they, <laughs> or broken from all the sorting out your bike or riding. Um, oh, I hope you get some good news in two weeks then, and they say that it's nearly healed and you're <laughs> not too far away from riding. Thank fingers you. crossed. I hope so, yeah. Wow. Have you had to miss out on much then? No, of-
1: so I missed a FOD race, but that's not really the end of the world. And I'm going to miss a... I'm going to miss a national for, like, four. Yeah. So, Riola the first round, which is annoying, but, like, I'd rather not do it and just make it, like, whatever. I'd rather just suck it up and be like, yeah, okay, I can't do it.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah. Be well.
1: It depends, really, how the scan goes. I'm. If like it goes miraculously well and like miraculous recovery, I'll be able to do Fort Bill. But my main aim is Langollen National. Be back for that, which is in July. So pretty much, yeah. And then I think my main goal for like the year is national champs now because I can't do the overall. So
0: that's yeah. my main goal now. That's so good that you've got these goals. I guess that's the difference when you're racing and you're a competitor at this level. Yeah. But you're, you're focusing forward and you're... Yeah, it sounds like you've got a really good mindset there if you're looking at all the things that you can do and yeah. focusing on when you want to be better. And I guess if it happens sooner, then that's a bonus, isn't it? I
1: think, like, for maybe a week, two weeks after surgery, I was, like, miserable, like, I can't ride, do not yeah. know what to do, like, moping around. And then some of my friends were like, come see us at the races, like, continue as if you could ride and just come, like, anyway and just, like, keep involved and, like, think of what you can do. Yeah. So kind of t- turned around with what I was thinking, that.
0: Yeah, that's that's good because yeah, it's a pretty miserable place to be if you're in that like negative mindset, isn't it? Because everything's just going to feel crappy then, yeah. And it won't do your healing any good. You feel <laughs> no miserable, will it? No. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I hope you get your good news in two weeks. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Fingers <laughs> crossed. Fingers crossed. Fingers and toes crossed. Um. Cool. Uh. I reckon. So you guys put out on your Instagram. Yeah. About people wanting to, if they wanted to ask you any questions, should we go through a few of these? Yeah. Those even. James are on your phone, aren't they? Or they're on yours. Yours, Lib. I have. So I don't know what they are. So you guys. Yeah. yeah. I've got a couple of my own, but I'll ask them after. Um. What you should we Okay. Yeah. So someone put clips versus flats. So
1: that's
2: Jesse underscore Iv double X clips versus flats.
0: Okay.
1: Your preference when slash why you'd use one or the other. So I I've changed quite recently actually. The start of if you told, if you asked me at this time last year I would have gone clips no never. But now it's like yep. do I ride it feels so weird to not ride clips. So I think uh, okay. the only time I really ride flats is dirt jumping, or like. If it's super soppy, like horrible conditions, but then I feel like then still I ride clips mainly.
0: That's awesome. Um,
2: God. <laughs> uh, if you didn't ride mountain bikes, what would
0: you do? I don't
1: know. <laughs> it takes up like so much of my time. And like, I don't know. I think I probably. I don't know, really, I mean, I, I think maybe I just keep riding horses, but I feel like I feel quite empty of what to do with myself.
2: Here's a good question, yeah, Anyway, from Amelia Martin. How do you put a race run crash out of your mind before the next one?
1: Oh, I I kind of did this at here. So, but Bucknell, I had quite a big crash in my first race run. I like when. I did a jump, kind of, my tyre barked a bit on the landing and I fell, like, flat on my face, basically.
2: On Instagram folks well,
1: have yeah. Yeah. been um, <laughs> flat on my face. And got it on video, I mean, positive. But um, <laughs> I think I was, I was really like, I'm not going to do another run. I had, like, a black eye and I was like, no, yeah. I don't want it. I was, like, really upset. And then I think some of my friends were talking to me and they're like, "Come on Liv, you need to face your fears basically and just deal with it. So I think that I just kind of put it out of my head and just kind of took my next run as just like, just doing the track, like another practice run, just, yeah, just re-riding the track. So when I next go there, I'm not thinking about it, like just... Yeah, <laughs> and then I ended up winning anyway. So I like I like the venue now again.
0: <laughs> That's good. So you you treated it like a practice run? Yeah. Just, right? And just went and did like it? I kind
1: of thought, okay, it happened. I can't change what's happened. So let's make my memory of this place be good and act- and just have mm. fun on my bike.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That obviously worked. Then if you if you raced it and won, that's awesome.
2: How um, about this one from Charlie Baxter? What's your favourite
0: downhill track? Um, I'd probably say I
2: mean,
1: Bob. No. no, Bob Barber at Revs, the Revolution Bike Park national track. I love it. It's got like a really sick wooden road gap halfway down.
0: It's
1: like,
0: oh, I love the track. Then I'd probably say, like, The Plenty Black, but... Oh. Yeah. That's awesome. I think every most people listening will just be like, oh, my God, that's in my dreams to, yeah, even survive it, let alone call it your favourite, so...
1: Yes. Fair play. i you.
0: bowing to you here. Thank you. Are there any others, James?
2: Yeah, I've got quite a few more. Um bit conscious, okay. conscious of your questions as well, <laughs> Danielle. Um,
0: oh, no, it's okay.
2: Advice for girls entering a down. Though.
1: Okay, so I'd say do not be scared, but approach any of the girls who are there. All of them are absolutely lovely. There's not one that isn't, like, absolutely lovely and wouldn't want to help you. So, like, just... If you don't know what to do or you need help, ask. Because everyone will just be so supportive and nice. And you don't have to worry about people like catching you in practice. That was my most scared thing I did when I first raced Mm -hmm. national. And I think what I did was one of the other girls was like, I'll follow you down. So if anyone's gonna be behind you, it's me. And I think That's good. All the other girls just were, like, really supportive and just helpful. So I think just even if you don't know any of the other girls, just go and talk to them and, like, just, yeah, reach out to them and, like, before on Instagram and stuff and just, like, get support and yeah. help from them because they want to give it to you. Maybe last that sounds really nice.
2: Danny, I'll say, so, okay. <laughs> who's, your, who's your idol? Who's your racing
1: idol? Tani. Tani.
0: Tani's ego, one hundred percent. Oh, oh, I love that. That, yeah, that was going to be one of my questions. So, how did you? So, you saw Tani at Revs, and then she was just so supportive of you, I guess, because you were riding Revs and you were younger and you were really good on your bike and took you under a wing. I
1: was absolutely petrified to go over and say hello because it was like my idol who I'd been like looking up to thinking yeah. of for like oh. years then and I think you you were like go on Liv go over get a photo with her and I think <laughs> I thought I was just gonna go over get a photo she'd be like hi and then bye again but she was like mm. ended up having like a whole conversation with us and being like asking me about like my day and just riding in general and was just like so lovely
0: and just support it yeah that's so cool um I bet there'll be loads of people listening myself included that's so jealous of that in a good way <laughs> but yeah that's that's really awesome so who are all the like famous mountain bikers that you've got in your phone book then Wow! Come on name <laughs> drop name drop live
1: Rachel Tani um <laughs> Veronique Sandler um
2: Quite a lot, Are really. You? Yeah, nearly. I chat for most people just over Instagram. Yeah. I've got, like, Vero on Be Real and, like, what well, I Matt Walker. <laughs> Um Chaos. Matt Walker. Chaos. Honestly, we, like, the Seagraves especially have been amazing. We bumped into them in Malzine a few years back. and Chaos ended up inviting us to go ride with them in Inventany and the Fox scene over in Verbier. The weekend
0: and we we went over there and we were over the days They've been amazing. Oh wow, that's so cool! I just love how, yeah, it's just so normal and yeah, it's oh yep. lifestyle of the rich and famous.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I always find like when I'm talking to them, it just feels like I'm talking to just like a normal person, you know? as if like they're literally just yeah. one of my friends. Like they're all just yeah. so lovely.
0: I guess they are are normal people, aren't they? When you are looking up to them and you see how successful they are and stuff, it's like, ah! Um, Because we were at Dovey Bike Park a few weeks ago and Tani was there and we were all the same where we were like, we want to go say hello, but we're scared. And then also I always envy younger people that can because almost you can get away with it, Lim, if you're a little bit younger. Because you can be like, "Oh, what a photo!" Whereas when you're a little bit older, you have to be like, "Oh God, oh no!" You, you want to grab a little kid and go pretend that you want a photo when really it's you. But, <laughs> um, yeah, it's you're sort of like, "Oh my God, that's Tani. Like she's amazing. I don't yeah. know what to say. Like I'm, I'm just, I'm just little old me. Will she talk to me? But yeah, it's awesome that yeah, yeah they. They're so supportive of you and they're, like, your friends. That's so cool. That's
1: exactly what I thought when I first, like, went and said hello. And as soon as I did, I was so glad I did because, like, they were just so friendly and nice and just, like, just really helped me out, like, and just kind of encouraged me to keep going.
0: Yeah. And at that point, I knew that I was decent. But
1: I think once Tani was like, and all the other riders are like, you're good, like you're a good rider, and were telling me that I could do vision and stuff, I was like, oh, okay, maybe I actually can then.
0: Yeah, God, yeah, if you've got them telling you that, then what a confidence boost.
1: Yeah, I think just once I started actually believing myself a bit more like to do it, doing new features and stuff, like, it all changed so much because once I did a couple, I just was
0: like, oh, okay, it's, like, decent, normal, so. Yeah. And then, so, James, if you've got any more questions you want to ask, that's cool because a lot of the ones that I had that came through my Instagram have been answered in the other ones, but... um.
2: Summer or winter riding?
1: Summer. <laughs> I hate the rain.
2: Yeah.
1: I love the conditions, like when it's all soppy and wet, but I just, I don't like being cold, really. I just. Yeah. Yeah, you always have to complain loads when it's cold, <laughs> which to be fair, it's true. So definitely summer. <laughs> uh, and Probably
2: the last one from us is where do you want to ride next?
0: What's on the
1: bucket list? Queen's time
0: or Whistler. Like, oh. I really want to go to New Zealand and ride. Right. Oh, yeah. I um, I went to New Zealand, but I didn't. Not that I'd ride the same places as you, obviously, because I value my life. But when I when I was there, I didn't know about mountain biking. And I always think, oh, God, it would have been so good to like loved the sport then because I yeah. could have gone and just ridden out in the mountains and just done some like beautiful riding yeah um, but is new zealand's a really beautiful place um, with whistler i'd be scared of bears oh my! it's my biggest like literally
1: one of my biggest fears is bears
0: yeah like could you imagine one running out on the track or running after I mean, you? Like, I'd ride my best ride She went, told
1: me a horror story. They were riding on a track and there was a bear and,
0: like, a Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, like, Think he was winding you up. Like,
2: like,
0: like, I don't, I don't
1: care. So, <laughs> It
0: could happen. It could happen. Have you not seen those YouTube videos, James, where people are getting chased by full-on bears? Oh. Yeah. Makes
2: like, you faster.
1: I don't care if it was winding me up or not. No chance.
0: Yeah, it, oh, God, it's it's a fear, yeah. definitely like, a fear. The
1: track walk, I think it might have been Snowshoe. One of the boys on our team last year took a video and sent it to our group chat of all the riders of them walking the track and I was just a bear, just, like, sat there watching everyone walk the track.
0: Oh, oh, my God. I did... Yeah. <laughs> I, I'd have been out there I went to California and we went round one of the national parks there, and bears are there so they warn you about bears don't have food oh on you God. they scare you so much they tell you not to wear deodorant in case it smells you like I think they just put the fear of everyone because we're tourists and yeah. they want to be over the top but I was on edge the whole time thinking I wouldn't have had it, no it was it was terrifying me and my sister were out in the middle of nowhere with
1: I wouldn't have had the threat of a bear. I would have been too really scared. I would have been like absolutely terrified just that I would get eaten.
0: <laughs> yeah, same, same, same. Okay, um, we're coming to the end now, but I've just got some little silly questions to ask mm-hmm. you. But just bear with me one second because... I've lost them. Okay. <laughs> Hang on, just one sec. Mm-hmm. Okay. Sorry about that. We're just around the corner. Okay. Do you have a mountain bike crush? No, I don't know if you can say this in front of your dad. No, <laughs> no. So you've said your role models. <laughs> I'm, I'm, trying, I'm not going to say who, but one of my friends is a professor Green,
1: and that's not not going to say who. But
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, that's probably not a very nice question for me to ask you with <laughs> you your <don't>, dad. So sorry, <laughs> you can tell me in secret later, Liv. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Laurie. Okay.
1: Um,
0: i love it but you said like your role model's tarnie yeah yeah um cool so where is your favorite place to ride when
1: it reopens revolution bike park i love it so much
0: yeah it's like your home ground, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, well, I
1: don't really live that close, but it's the place. No, I know, you
0: just love it, yeah. Um, yeah, what a shame that, that it had to close, but mm. I, it's going to be amazing when it can open back up, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, so if you could wave a wand and get a certain mountain bike skill, like, granted to you there and then, like, what would it be? Well, I'm asking you this, and I reckon... You're probably amazing at everything, but is there anything that you think? Oh, I'd just love to be able to do that, and if I could wave a wand, mm-hmm. make it happen.
1: Corner, better, because I feel like I can corner, but quicker. Like I see everyone going corners, and they're like not breaking in. And then I just feel like I'm breaking so much into them. So, like cornering faster.
0: Yeah god if you if you want to come and ride behind me, then you will realize that you don't break in corners you'll, you'll see you'll see what it's like to be in front be behind a plank of wood um okay <laughs> what would your tip be for someone brand new that wanted to like get into mountain biking
1: just enjoy yourself really like don't worry about doing races and even if you do like doing well in them like when I first started racing I was going last every race I did so um just like kind of stick with it and just do what you enjoy
0: yeah I like that um that's really good uh oh this probably doesn't apply because you're a downhiller aren't you yeah, I won't ask oh, so, that silly question. So, when one of your friends does something really amazing on their bike, do you have a go-to like heckle?
1: I normally go, be... you're... <laughs> oh, "Let's go!" <laughs>
0: <laughs> I love it. <clears throat> um, okay, uh, can't read my. Oh, Are you scrapping
1: this really cool like finger thing? But I can't do
0: it. What's that? <laughs> it's like. Do no, it. don't do that don't
1: do that
0: I do. when you're older I can't do it now <laughs> we used to try and so no one will see that but you were trying to like flap your finger weren't you yeah you like let your index finger go floppy we used to try and do that at school and I swear to god now Liv I am paying for it because my wrists sometimes feel so weird like if I just put my weight on it slightly wrong it it feels dodgy and i swear to god it's because of trying to do that like dislocate my wrist when i was in secondary school so trust me trust me when you 20 20 odd years time you or 30 years time you will you'll be like oh i should have yeah danielle was right <laughs> i can't move my wrist mind you there's probably worse things that you put yourself through to that will hurt you rather than
1: yeah, and thing. now I
0: just can't really do it, so probably for the best. Yeah, I'd I'd say, yeah. Um, who would you love to hear as a guest on the podcast? Oh, that's quite a difficult question. Tani, <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> try, try, I'm trying to manifest that <laughs> Tani to be a guest. Yeah, it'd be really cool, really cool to be able to chat to her and hear about all her wonderful stuff with bikes. Yeah, definitely. Um, Just trying to. So, I've already asked you about your ambition, haven't I? You want to be a world champ. How amazing is that? And, like, how. uh, What year do you want to be world champ? So.
1: You can't race world cups or like world champs until you're a junior so that's 16 to 18 and then elite so I think that my main ambition is to be world champ in elite but also my one of my other like proper big
0: goals is to do it in junior too so wow 2027, that's awesome
2: 2027
0: four years yeah. time Wow! So, if the podcast is still going in four years' time, you'll have to come back on when you yeah. are when you've reached your goal, and we can talk about it. And yeah, that that would be amazing. Hopefully, okay, if get there. so <laughs> you'll get there. You'll get there, live. Like you're, yeah. Thank you. It's it's awesome to to be where you're at. At you know such a yeah, you you'll get there. I've got I. I just know that you'll be on this podcast in four years' time if it's still happening, talking about all your successes. Thank and you. Be amazing. Okay, so finally, and James, I'm gonna make you do it as well because you know, why not? <laughs> if a if a squid but you can do it one at a time, if a squid could make a noise, what noise do you think that would be?
1: Hmm. More like a squid rider. Like it like
0: well, like an actual squid, an the actual one that, like, bobs squid. around the sea. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I feel like a suction
2: noise, <laughs> they, I, guess? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not <mate. laughs>
0: Okay, there's your dad's impression What's yours, she was, Liv. Yo, It's a rad squid. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I love it. That's amazing. Thank you, guys. Um oh, thank you. Is there anything else that you wanted to, like, chat about or that we've missed out that you were eager to say? Not really.
1: Covered it all pretty no. much. No. Yeah, just thank you very much. Yeah, been...
0: yeah, thank you. Oh, no, thank you for coming on. It's been so good to, like... I just love that you started off in Canuck. It's making me think, maybe maybe I could follow that path because, you know, I... But then I know that I'm too too afraid of everything to be as brave as you but yeah it's just awesome to hear that you know you you just picked up a bike you started at canic you went to wales and then everything just fell into place and you're smashing it Thank it's wicked you. and i hope that i just love that you've got um everyone that everyone admires and respects in your phone book <laughs> like the, you know in or on instagram and that you're just chatting to them that's so cool and yeah i just think you're doing amazing things live and i can't wait to see where you go and i hope that your elbow heals and you get that thank news that you, you. want in a couple of weeks and you're back on your bike yeah but yeah thanks so much for chatting to me and thank you james thank you for having me oh
2: that's cool thanks then yeah.
0: you're, you're welcome thank you so much for listening to this episode of girls on wheels if you enjoyed it please head over to podchaser.com and leave me a review and don't forget to tell all your mates if you've got any comments or want to get in touch head over to my socials and drop me a message as I love hearing from you guys I hope that by listening to this today it's made you want to get out and ride your bike